Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, welcome back to the Outdoor Drive Podcast. This is the last day up here in the Springfield Sportsman Show, up here in Springfield, Massachusetts. Um, yesterday, I actually got the chance to talk to a uh, fellow fishing buddy uh, by the name of Dylan. Dylan, how are you, buddy? Doing pretty good. How are you? Hey, man, doing good, doing good. Glad it's the last day of the show, man. I just want to get this done and over with and on to the next one, right? I hear you, brother. We're having some fun up here, enjoying the time. The show's been pretty good to us, and... Uh, Last day, just want to get out of here and enjoy the rest of the weekend before it gets back to the grind Monday that, through Friday. That's right, man. Why don't you tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and uh, what you do? All right. So my name is Dylan Napoleon. I am a 20-year-old uh, fisherman from Beacon Falls, Connecticut, basically an uh, hour-long uh, south shot here from uh, Springfield. And um, basically, uh, I fish competitively all through high school, and um, basically... Um, now I'm, I focus on uh, presenting seminars, um, doing some schoolwork, of course, working, um, fishing on my own, of course. But mainly why I'm here at the expo is to do my seminars. Um, Saturday and Sunday I spend some time up in seminar room B, B um, having some fun with uh, a couple fellas. Uh, had some full rooms throughout the weekend. We were uh, presenting ice fishing one-on-one and kids gone fishing. Um, it's, it, was, it was a great show, um, great seminars. Everything went nice and smooth. Uh, my audience members seem to have a great time. I was just happy to be here to spread some knowledge. Absolutely, man. And and tell us, I mean, a little bit about, like, how you got into that, man. So you had said that you did some competition fishing throughout high school. Correct. Did they have a team, or was it, or were you fishing, were you fishing in a club, or what was up? So, great question. Uh, when, I was a, when I was a junior in high school, um, I really, I, so before, before I really uh, started everything, um, I, I, found out i didn't even know because there was hardly any promotion for it uh that there was like a huge high school um fishing program in connecticut and um promotion on it was just a little weak and i i was a huge part of the fishing community and uh i finally figured out about that in my junior year of high school and uh, my main mission from there was to uh kind of bring my school into it i knew that we had a huge following and a huge um a huge interest in what could have been a fishing program at the high school so uh, I kind of went through the to the ropes and uh, created a high school fishing program at my high school Woodland Regional in Beacon Falls and um, you know I had to present stuff to the superintendent to the principal um, all sorts of directors everything at school and I was able to uh, bring a fishing club slash team into our high school Uh, me and my buddy Kyle Bashera, also from Beacon Falls um, we did some work with that finally got it started um, we had a club, 
who, which was uh, it had a bunch of members in it. And our club was just kids who enjoyed the sport of fishing but didn't want to fish competitively. Our team, on the other hand, consisted of about four, six of, four to six of us, and uh, we competed after everything went finalized and actually had a club slash team at the school. We were able to get some guys out fishing against some of the uh, other anglers, high school anglers from Connecticut. Oh, so there, there is other teams, high school teams throughout the state. Absolutely. So uh, even here in Massachusetts, after I finally figured out everything and every, you know, all these surrounding states have at least somewhat of a high school fishing program, um, there's opportunities for kids in high school to fish competitively, as well as a lot of uh, opportunities for kids who just want to fish for their leisure. Um, but we were able to do some awesome stuff, bring a program into the high school, get some kids out on the water, and um, really get people into the sport of fishing, whether it was kids who wanted to join the fishing team or kids who just wanted to be a part of our club where we did different things, bait pouring. Um, we did a lot of interactive stuff, brought, brought people in to do seminars, brought people in to just spread knowledge, and uh, we had a great time doing that. That's awesome. Did you guys fish more or less out of power boats, or was it all done like kayaks and stuff like that? So great question. I myself have done a huge, um, so this is another thing I did. Uh, when I was in high school, I, uh, I started the New England Bass, and they're up here at the show too. Uh, they, they run tournaments all over, the New, all over New England, uh, Massachusetts, Connecticut, just a few states to mention, and uh, they never had anything for high school kids. So um, what we did was create a high school um, fishing trail, kayaks only. Not too many kids at that time had a, had a boat, so it was a lot easier for kids to get a hold of kayaks. And uh, we hosted um, kayak tournaments for kids in Connecticut. That was something that I'm proud to say uh, carried over after I graduated from high school. Obviously, I was no longer able to run it. Um, after I graduated, I kind of grew out of it. It was for high school, middle school kids. So there's a kid out of uh, Connecticut. His name's Paul Litchfield, I believe. And uh, just a quick little shout out to him. He took it over from me. He's doing a great job with it, running those kayak tournaments for high schoolers all over Connecticut. So shout out to Paul doing something great. That's awesome, man. And then, and then you kind of moved on from doing the that kind of tournament style fishing throughout high school, and then now you've kind of just engulfed your your life around the fishing community again, and Absolutely. you're doing something special also. Absolutely. So now, what I do is I uh, mostly, for the time being, I was going around Connecticut and presenting my seminars. I currently have three different titles. Um, COVID, we were we were off to a huge start before COVID hit. And obviously, as you can imagine, when COVID hit, it was really hard to really get in in-person stuff. It still kind of is. Things are opening up, thank God. Um, but, you know, now what I do is go around Connecticut, I'm finally getting my foot in the door into these expos. This is my first ever expo, so went really well. I'm glad made, made a lot of friends here. Um, it was a great, great time. My, uh, my uh, audience members were really happy with what I was able to do for them. I felt like everything went well. Um, but now, like I said, I go around Connecticut and hopefully soon to be other states, spend just about every weekend of every month uh, going out there presenting seminars. Um, like I said, this weekend was I'm here at the Springfield Sportsman Show. Uh, we got a couple more coming up, scheduling them every day. Um, almost uh, last week I was able to schedule five or seven more. We'll be at the Mohegan uh, Sun, um, the, the um, New England uh, Expo over there. Um, that's going to be a fun one, Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, March uh, 25th through 27th, I want to say. Yep. 99% sure on that one. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, we're looking forward to that one. In the meantime, go around to the, some libraries throughout the state of Connecticut. Hopefully I can get my foot in the door into some here in Massachusetts, uh, Rhode Island, wherever. My main goal is just to go around, do as many as I possibly could, and help other people enjoy the outdoors just as much as we do ourselves. So, so 
you're trying to grow the business, so like you would probably, you know, and, and I'm just putting this out to listeners, obviously, because a lot of them are part of gun clubs and all this other stuff. Is that is that of interest of you also to kind of get into that kind of realm too? Absolutely. I've I've done these, like I said, mostly at libraries. This is my first expo doing them. Um, I've tried. I've had some Cub Scout, um, Boy Scout groups, and uh, um, branches reach out to me trying to get some stuff done because I believe what I do is possible is possibly. Um, able to help Boy Scouts and everyone uh, get some merit badges of the fishing, you know, those those type of uh, badges that those guys are after. And um, so that's what that's what I do. Any venue I'm able to get into, the expos, of course, the libraries, of course. Uh, right. Basically, whatever I can get into, I'm interested in because in because the, the the main uh, the main goal is really to just spread knowledge. You know, we see a lot of kids walking around this expo. We see a lot of families, um, and uh, you know, I myself was was brought up by by my dad who really helped me fish and then after that I kind of took it all to myself and did a lot of stuff so for me to be able to go out there and uh, travel around you know not only is traveling great but being able to help these dads and these moms and kids in general go out onto the water and even you know even people who are older than me I, like I said I'm only 20, 20 myself and um, having people who you know are 70 years old in my seminars is just a blessing to be honest with you because for me to be such a young guy and be able to uh, spread some knowledge everywhere I go is that's the main goal you know yeah absolutely I want to kind of dive into your seminar kind of setup so when you when you get into a seminar room where where do you what do you lead off on and 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 take us kind of through what what a seminar is like for you absolutely so um, everywhere I go, obviously, we start off getting in the room. We get everything set up, welcome our guests. Um, I introduce myself at every seminar. And um, so right now, I'm running three seminar titles. We, Like I said, Ice Fishing 101, Bass Fishing in Connecticut, but just kind of really... Now that I'm able to branch off and do some bigger things outside of Connecticut, I'm probably going to have to change the name on that one because my information is good for everywhere in New England. So I have to come up with something nice for that. Um, then we have Kids Gone Fishing. Um, so Kids Gone Fishing, we'll start off with that one. I'll kind of let you know, kind of give a brief summary on, um, on all of them. Uh, Kids Gone Fishing is made to help families, including the parents and the kids, really dive into the fishing community. It might be a little tough for, uh, you know, parents who have no fishing experience to be able to guide their kids through the fishing community. So um, that's kind of what I'm here for. I want to help parents learn how to get their kids really fully into the fishing community. And I want to help the kids, you know, grow a passion for fishing. Um, the reason why I kind of designed one just for kids and their parents is some of my seven, ice fishing 101 and bass fishing, those are both really kind of advanced and full of information. So the kids one is really designed to be brief and straight to the point you know not a ton of information on each slide being able to really grasp and hold the attention of these kids throughout the seminar um i i i'm like i said i'm 20 so i i've i've been in that we all have been in that uh stage of life where you know it's hard to sit through a long seminar so being able to really really uh connect with those kids and be able to to teach them stuff is that's just what i like to do Obviously, ice fishing uh, 101, we cover just, just about every base that you need in ice fishing, from equipment to safety to different lures, etc. And bass fishing, same thing. We cover equipment, um, how to, how to, again, how to be safe on the water, different regulations, um, what you need to go out there, and how to really uh, be a powerful force in the fishing community. Absolutely. And, and I, think that's, I think that's very important for you to try and get the kids involved and, 
and all the stuff that you're doing. I mean, that's that's empowering, man. I mean, it's it really, truly, honestly is. And, you know, our industry, hunting, fishing, whatever, camping, whatever it may be, hiking. I mean, we need that next generation, and it's so important. And I think that there's a lot of information out there that, I mean, I'm sorry, I take that back. There's not a lot of information out there for some of these kids and stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, we hear a lot of stories about children that want to get into fishing or want to get into hunting and, and their parents don't hunt or fish. So I think what you're doing is, is, is very good and, and you're empowering that younger generation. And, it, and it's actually very awesome. I like it a lot. And, you know, the funny thing is for, for you to do what you're doing at such a young age is, is definitely an amazing thing. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it. Um, like I said, my main goal is to really go out there. I'm looking at looking at this show. We have people of all ages here, um, a lot of kids, a lot of families, younger adults with their kids, um, to be able to go out there and just really spread knowledge and say and and have these people saying, "All right, so that's what I need to do. That's what I need to go buy. That's what my kid needs." Um, you know, to be able to really give good information instead of people going on the website online and seeing hundreds of thousands of different mm-hmm. options. You know, mm-hmm. being able to get straight knowledge, um, stuff that you know, all the stuff that I that I that I provide to people, including information, is stuff that I've been through. You know, I, I recommend stuff that I that I personally use. I give them personal. Um, personal uh strategies you know personal mm-hmm. approaches to different fish so being able to, i provide them the great the best information i can like i said my main mission is to have them go out feeling confident and ambitious on the water so my thing is this like let's let's get off the business for two seconds Absolutely. i want to know i you know obviously we're telling them about what you're actually doing in those seminars and how you go about it but let's 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 get down to the nitty-gritty of it honestly I want to hear when you're about to do a tournament, say any type of time, like, you know, whether it was in high school or it was now or whatever the case may be, and you're going to a lake that you don't know, how do you break apart that lake and try and get yourself to be in that top 10 position? All right, that's a great question. Uh, so a lot of times you show up to a lake and um, if you're lucky, you've had a couple of days of practice. If not, you know, maybe sometimes you work all week, you get stuck doing school stuff all week. Um, but, you know, sometimes you, sh- you absolutely do show up to that lake blindfolded and, uh, you know, you don't have a lot of um, a lot of uh, information behind you. Main point is go out there, try to be as effective as you can, cover, cover as much water as you possibly can and make sure that the time that you're spending out on the water is very effective. You want to be able to go out on the water, cover cover as much as you can, figure out new things and make sure that what you're doing out there is providing you the best um, approach come tournament day. So, you know, you go out on the water, you break it down, figure out what's, what's working, where those fish are, how they're feeding, where the bait is, uh, the structure of the lake. You go out there and you just you got to do as much homework as you can in the couple days that you have. Um, but if you don't have any practice behind your back, what I do is I go out there, I try to look for things that, you know, that, that can have fish. I look for things that, um, you know, I look, look at the different forage in the lake, different bait, different structure. Try to break it down, cover as much water as you can, and make sure that the time that you're spending out on the water is the most effective it can be. A lot of times people go out onto the water and they just go fishing, right? When it comes tournament time, you actually want to think of it as a job. You know, you don't you want to you want to go out there. You want to you want to win. You want to cash a check, hopefully, and uh, you want to make sure that what you're doing out on the water is really providing you the best um, best approach or the best shot at doing what you want to do, which is ultimately ultimately to win. Absolutely. And, and what tools are you using to your advantage to learn these types of lakes? 
Good, good question again. So a lot of a lot of times you show up to the lake, you know, a lot of things we'll watch YouTube videos, try to figure out, you know, most recent stuff, figure out what's going on in the lake, how that lake's moving, the current, the wind. Uh, you want to look at different plants in the water. You want to look at different types of bait fish. You know, some lakes may have sunfish, others may have shiners, other may, others may have, uh, you know, all, all different sorts of bait fish in these lakes. Um, some of the time the bass are feeding on alewife, sometimes the bass are feeding on sunfish, sometimes the bass are feeding on smelt, etc. You know, you want to figure out how those bass are feeding, where the bait is, and ultimately where those bass are going to find that bait. And so, so do you, are you more of a deep water fisherman or a shore fisherman? Like, so I kind of have to go with the flow most of the time because, um, you know, you go out there to win, obviously, but me personally when i like to when i go fishing for my own and fishing just to have fun i'm a, I'm a really good uh shallow water fisherman i can, I'm, I'm pretty good at dialing those fish in when they're sub you know 12 to 14 feet anything below there is is not too hard for me you know obviously i i don't do as well fishing deep um, but if i have the opportunity to fish shallow all day that's kind of what i like to do i like to fish finesse stuff top water stuff not a huge crankbait guy when it comes to fishing deep i'm not a huge drop shot guy Obviously, if that's what needs to be done, I'll do it. Um, but yes, it definitely does give me a disadvantage. I feel like my strength is up shallow. Um, so, what? Take us, take us, take us through a time that you had just one of those nerve-wracking times through a tournament, and what did you do to change it? Great question. So, October of 2019, I uh, I fished a national championship event in Idaho, and that was probably the biggest tournament, if not probably the second, maybe the first biggest, was my first college fishing tournament. Um, but um, so basically you go out there and I'm feeling a little anxious, you know, I, my, I, I, when I was in 2019, that was the biggest tournament I, I had ever fished to date. Me and my dad made a, made a flight across the country from Connecticut to Idaho, actually flew into Spokane, Washington, and uh, man, the, the nerves, I was fishing to win a boat, honestly, and um, I had never been there, practice wasn't allowed, so it's kind of on you to do all your homework and figure out, you know, what's going on. Um, I did okay in that tournament. I want to say I placed like 15th out of 50, something like that. That's impressive. Um, you know, it was, it was a fun time. You know, being, being prepared will take those nerves away, but at that time I was second-guessing myself, not really knowing if I was prepared. I was fishing against um, guys from one guy from every state. I was representing Connecticut. I was fishing against guys from every other state, one per and, um, you know, I had, I had the weight of Connecticut on my back, to be honest with you, because I wanted to make sure that everyone had a lot of sponsorships for that, had a lot of people uh, sending me money to help me make the trip. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of businesses wanted to be on my jersey and everything. So, you know, they would send in checks and stuff like that to really help me make the trip possible. Um, so, you know, I, had, I, I felt like I had to do something good for everybody. You know, I, I wanted to do good for myself, but I didn't care about myself at that point. I wanted to make sure that... You know, I had a, I had countless business names on my back. I had a lot of people following me, and I wanted to make sure that um, I was providing the best performance I could have. So that's why I kind of I was a little anxious that morning. That was one of the times that I'll never forget being a little being a little uh, upset that morning. Not ups, not upset by any means, but definitely not in the greatest mood. You know, I just had a lot lot weighing on my shoulders, and uh, the pressure that I felt I'll never forget because I I definitely learned from that, and I probably haven't even felt that way since. You know. Absolutely, man. So what, what are kind of some of the things in the future that people can look out for and kind of check out uh, for Dylan? In the future, 
this summer I'm planning on staying home in Connecticut and fishing as much as I could. I haven't decided exactly which trails I'm going to fish. Um, hoping, hoping to fish a bunch of the local clubs. Basically, any opportunity I have, I'm going to fish. Um, so this summer, maybe some BFLs, some bass fishing league, you know, Phoenix Bass Fishing League by uh, FLW or MLF at this point. Um, you know, I just I hope to be the biggest force that I can be on the water. You know, I want to go out there and make a name for myself and really at the same time make sure that everyone around me is, you know, enjoying themselves. I want to make sure that we're, all, you know, the, the sport of fishing lives on. And obviously I do want to be the best, but um, I really do hope that I can I can help the, the fishing community live on as much as I possibly could. I care about the fishing community more than I do myself because um, after me, I want to make sure that there's people behind me that can carry the legacy of fishing on. I want this show that we're at to be, be standing after our time, and I want to make sure that people are still enjoying the sport after our time. You know, So for me to be able to uh, help these kids, young kids, families, and everyone being able to spread knowledge, um, you know, another thing that everyone can look for, I'm always going to be spreading knowledge. I'm going to be doing these seminars as much as I could. I can, I can uh, guarantee you that. I want to make sure that everyone is enjoying the outdoors just as much as I do, and I want people to feel the same way. I want people to go out on the water. They want to be the best, and I want there always to be the sport of fishing around. You know, I hope, mm -hmm. this, I hope the sport of fishing is here, here for a while. Hope these expos are here for a while. I want everyone to enjoy. You know, you look, you you do look at these seminars and you realize how many older folks are here. You know, you want to make sure that there's more people our age and more kids involved. Come, come, you know, a couple years from now, you want to make sure that everyone that this sport of fishing that it lives on. Absolutely, no, I totally agree with you, man. And and it is nice to see some of the younger generations walking around here. And, you know, throughout all the shows that we do go and visit, you, you're starting to see that. I mean, they're they're communicating in a different level, right? So they might not be at the shows, but they're still buying from these companies. They're they're seeing it on YouTube. They're seeing it on podcasts. They, I mean, that's 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 a great thing. You know what I'm saying? And and your generation totally understands that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to be like, like we said, you know, to be here and seeing everybody enjoying the time and enjoying what this sport is about, basically getting together and really coming together as a as a community. It's really cool to see everybody here. My eyes are open, and every 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 other second I'm here, I'm seeing new things, different people. You know, it's awesome. Absolutely, man. So, if you had one lure that you could take with you for the rest of your life to fish and know that you could win tournaments, and what would it be, bud? If I had one lure that I could bring with me everywhere I went, I'd probably see. I'd love. I'd love to be able to bring a, a, a topwater with me everywhere I go. You really but enjoy that topwater fishing? I do. I love topwater frogs. I love whopper whopper ploppers. I love everything of but that nature. But the thing nature. with that is, you have to. It has to be a certain time of year to make that's, them. That's them what I mean. Active on top of the water. That's what I mean. So it probably. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It probably wouldn't be the one that I brought with me everywhere I went. At uh, what temperature do they really start to key into that topwater fishing? So in my in my uh, experiences, I love to target bass in the dead heat of summer, okay. um, at either at morning or at night, as that sun is coming down, go either going up or coming down. Uh, those are my two favorite times to fish topwater. Dead heat of summer, those fish are going to be a little active when that sun's coming up, when that sun's going down. Mm -hmm. But I want to get back to that question. I'm trying to think to myself what my favorite lure would be <laughs> to bring every time. Uh, if I had to make, if I had to make one lure in my, if I had it for the rest of my life, I'd probably have to say, probably a soft plastic swim bait. Um, mm. No matter where I am and no matter where I'm at, like I a Keltec type. Yeah, like a Kytec. I can't, you can't go wrong with something like that on a on a uh, on a jig head. Uh, just a ball head jig 
can't go wrong with something like that. And now that I mention a jig, maybe a jig would be the one, you know. Like pig and jig type? Different stuff, you know, like a, uh, yeah, pig and jig or, you know, a jig with a trailer on the back, same thing. Um, but, yeah, definitely something of that nature, maybe a finesse bait, you know, a, a Kitex swim bait, finesse presentation, or a jig, definitely the same, kind of the same finesse presentation. Not the same presentation, but, you know, definitely something both that I feel strongly about. So is there is there somewhere that we can find you, man? Do you have some of your seminar-type stuff on YouTube? Do you, you break down some stuff? What's up, man? Ch- tell me about this. So that's a great question. Um, my best way to reach me is probably through uh, Facebook. My name, Dylan Napoleon, so D-Y-L-A-N, last name Napoleon. N- like Napoleon Dynamite? Exactly, but spelled a little different. N-A-P-O-L-E-O-N-E. You'll find my personal page. You'll find my seminar page, which is Dylan Napoleon's Bass Fishing in Connecticut Seminars. Uh, now that I'm here in Springfield, I'm probably going to have to change some names, like I said earlier. Um, so for the time being, that's where to find me. Any questions, feel free to reach out to me. And I just want to say thanks again thanks again to you for having me on the show. Hey, we're not done yet. Don't don't think just uh, yet. Right. I got one last question, all bro. Right. That's and this what is, I like to hear. This is what we, uh, one question that we always ask everybody, man, and that's that's what drives you outdoors, man. What drives Dylan outdoors? Not your car, not your boat, right? not your bicycle, not your feet. What drives you? So ever since I was little, well, I'm going to give a little story real quick. Sounds when good. I used to live in Stratford, Connecticut, which was right on the shore of Connecticut, the town that was right on the beach. And uh, when I was little, my dad used to take me to this little fishing pier, and uh, we used to cast little cast masters out there and catch a ton of snappers. You know, when the bluefish are coming in, we're catching snappers like crazy. Hundreds of them a day, just so much fun to be able to go out there and fish, right? So we did that until I was in third grade. I moved up to Beacon Falls, Connecticut, which is a little bit more inland. And uh, I made friends with this dude, Kyle Bashar, that I speak that I spoke about a little earlier. And uh, we had a great time fishing. He was my best friend. Me and him did a lot for the fishing community through high school. Um, you know, he helped me start that fishing program. Uh, he, we, me and him learned a whole lot from fishing together. Uh, we were, we were, we were awesome friends, and we had a great time doing everything. And uh, it was a lot of fun to be able to go out there and uh, spread, spend time with Kyle. He was like the only, only guy I had that was behind me and really wanted to. Uh, to really fish, you know, I was in my high school. I lived in a, I live in a small town. We have about six or eight, six to eight hundred people, and uh, you know, the fishing community, community is there. But we kind of built it up a little bit, you know. People saw what we were doing for high school. We people, people saw the fish that we were catching out of their backyards, and uh, the the sport of fishing kind of blew up a little bit in our area, thanks to us. We had a great time doing everything. So, you know, what drives me outdoors is just my past to be honest with you my dad and i had a great time fishing my buddy kyle and i had a great time fishing and uh between them two my the sport of fishing just has a special place in my heart so you know just that special place in my heart is what drives me outdoors you know i get out of work on a on a friday and i you know i want to go hit the water i get out of work on a tuesday evening i want to go hit the water you know i'm i'm gonna go home tonight and get some stuff ready to go hit the water tomorrow so just 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 my past and people I've met, um, the experiences that I've had, and being able to really just do great things with great people in the industry. Like, I feel awesome being on this podcast with you right now. Just everything like this, you know, the small things are what, what really make the pa- the passion for fishing and the outdoors a strong place for me, you know? Absolutely, Dylan, man. I'm really looking forward to watch you grow and evolve into something, bro. I, I really see it happen. Your passion and your love 
for the sport is something else, man. And if you guys haven't already, go and check out Dylan. See what he's got going on, man. Give him a you know a good thumbs up if he's on his YouTube page or whatever the case may be. Take care of my man. And uh, for everyone else, thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive. <laughs>